Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go! So today our guest is Mary Harcourt, entrepreneur, speaker, founder, and currently the CEO of Cosmoglow Lighting. Thank you for making the time, Mary. It's lovely oh, to Thank you, you so much for having me. Let's start with a little bit of a background. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So my name is Mary Harcourt. I'm from Austin, Texas, and I am the founder and CEO of Cosmo Glow, which is a light for beauty treatment rooms, tattoo artists, microbladers, all that fun stuff. It started, I was a lash artist for years and had a lash salon in Los Angeles. And when I had my salon, we realized that there was just no appropriate lighting and I struggled with lighting. It was over. It would overheat us. We would get shadows and we replaced our lights so many times. My staff was still never happy that I decided to make our own light and from there grow a huge company, which came as a pivot from COVID because we were under state regulations to close our salon for an extended period of time. So I switched gears from running a lash salon in Los Angeles to growing a company that has taken over and we are hopefully going to be globally, globally distributed this upcoming year. So it's been a really exciting ride. Wow. So, okay. okay. <laughs> so people like struggled to, to keep their jobs or just keep it together during COVID. You not only like, you know, didn't get sort of distracted with that. You actually launched a business. You know what it is? COVID was crazy. No one knew exactly what it was. No one knew how long it would last. And everything was in a free fall. And so when it comes to disrupting your life, it's a hard decision to say, I'm going to take something that's working and change everything about it. But with COVID, everything was already changed and nobody knew what was happening. So it's like, what's one more thing that we already have so much up in the air and we have no outcome of how anything's going to work? What, what is one more thing? So we just threw in another project. That's, I love that logic. Yeah, I, I love that. Exactly. And in a way you can say maybe if it wasn't for COVID, you would have you 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 mentioned you were struggling with lights pretty much all all your life before that, all your career. And and maybe if it wasn't for COVID, you wouldn't have taken that step to say, okay, I'm gonna actually do something about it. Yeah. Because I mean, it does, I mean, honestly, as you like I'm doing my lashes as well. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about, not from, you know, firsthand, like I'm not doing it, but I have my lashes done and I know, you know, the time it takes to do everything and, and the, the struggle, like what I see, I don't see the part where the person doing my lashes is struggling with the light because my eyes are closed. But what I do see is after that, when they're trying to take a perfect shot to put it on their social media and use it for the marketing, that's a nightmare. That's like, you know, they, they're turning the thing around and moving it and trying different things. And uh, hold on a minute. Can you like take the flash of my phone and whatever? You know, that's probably better than me. <laughs> and, and, but the thing is, when I looked at your website and your product, I was like, how comes that didn't exist before? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with great products. They're so simple. They just make sense. And so we mm -hmm. made a product that just made sense. It's so simple. How did you produce that? I mean, did you do that all yourself? Like, what, what was the process like? 
So the process was like this. I started in 2019, way before COVID. And I replaced my salon lights three times with three rooms and it was getting expensive. It was thousands and thousands Mm. of dollars. And my girls were still complaining that either this one's too heavy or this one falls over too much or this one overheats. This one gives shadows. And I was like, guys, I bought them all. There's no more lights to try. And I suggested like, what if you make your own? You can prototype your own light. You could have someone make it. And I thought at this point, it's probably cheaper than how much I've spent on replacing these damn lights three times. And so I didn't really think of it as, hey, I'm going to go into this as a whole business. It's going to be globally distributed lighting company. I went into it thinking... It would be worth it if I could make my own product. Like, I'll just Mm -hmm. make it for myself and settle my employees so that they're finally happy. So, the process was essentially just writing it down, writing out. I know I wanted a flat base because tripods, they're top heavy and they fall over. I knew I wanted it to look like those old school tanning beds that had that curve Mm -hmm. so we could get even lighting from side to side. And if you could move it, you could have lighting wherever you want. And when it comes to eyelash extensions, you're dealing with individual pieces of human hair that aren't long. So, (laughs) good lighting is very important. And I kind of compiled all of this into a piece of paper and then found someone that would prototype it. They're not pretty. It's the process is they pretty much take your picture and make it real life. If you've ever seen the like kids cartoons that they make into stuffed animals, like they'll take a kid's drawing and make a stuffed animal. It's like that concept. So I got (laughs) my first light. It wasn't pretty. It was raw metal, but it had a flat base. It had the pole up. The top had a halo. It didn't move. So there was no moving like it does now, but it had LEDs. It had a dimmer and we plugged it in. And I thought, oh my God, this is like love at first light. I can literally change the whole industry if I ever went to produce these. But right now I'm just going to make them for my team. So we made another prototype that did move. It had the rotating halo. And then we made a third prototype that you could actually move the whole thing out of the way and rest it flat against the wall. So I had my three rooms fitted and I was kind of just there. And clients would come in and go, oh my God, that's the coolest light I've ever seen. I said, thank you, I made it. And they're like, what do you mean you made it? I'm like, okay, I didn't make it, but I had it made for me. And then that was really the pot, the process. And when COVID happened, all of a sudden I looked at that light and thought, wow, if it changed my world, I could mm-hmm. literally change everyone else's life and make their improve their job, improve their ability to do their work, help them make more money um, mm-hmm. in multiple industries. And so that's really when I took the idea. And from that, you take your prototypes and your drawings and go to a manufacturer and get real life quotes on how much would this even cost? What's the realistic... Uh, quantity that I would need to get this made? And is it feasible? Can we actually do it? And then because of COVID, it forced us to go internal. Like we live here in the United States and normally manufacturing is done overseas, but Hmm. with the borders closing and travel was weird and there was a bunch of things on lockdown, it was too risky to go overseas. And so I found a local person that was a manufacturing plant. They do contract manufacturing. So they take your product and make it from start to finish. And that's how it runs. And showed them the prototype. And they said, yeah, we can make them. We can make them. How many do you want? And I thought, geez, how many could I sell? (laughs) And then they said, I don't know. How many could you sell? I said, I don't know. How many could you make? And we went back and forth of like, I I, I didn't dream this up to be like a whole company. I mean, this is like an idea that I kind of made happen that I looked at one day going, what if we really made it happen? And from that, it became what it is now. 
But we produced and I started my first batch with 150 lights, nothing crazy. And from that, by the time they shipped, they were sold out. And I had put an order in for 250. And by the time they shipped, we sold that batch. And that's when I kind of knew like, whoa, this is so much bigger than I ever thought it would be. And from there, it rolled in. And then about months later, my salon did open again. So I was managing both companies, taking clients full-time, running Cosmo Glow, and realized this is not sustainable. I cannot be up till 2 a.m. every night and working, coming in at 8 a.m. to deal with clients. So I had to make the tough choice of selling my salon, which I did. And it's still open. The clients are still there. My staff's actually still there as well. So it's a really happy story. But from there, I pivoted and launched Cosmo Glow. How did you come up with the name? My husband, (laughs) we were naming everything. He's Portuguese. So we were thinking about like, if we named a different, if it's in Portuguese, what's the Portuguese word for face? What's the Portuguese word for light? What's the Portuguese word for everything? And (laughs) it's just so complicated to name things. I'm not a good namer. Mm. (laughs) You think about, okay, it's a light. It's used in the beauty industry. But like, what if it was more? What if we did a, a light nail artists? And what if we did a light for makeup artists? What if we did a light for people doing hair? Like, God, the, the possibilities are endless. And so that's what my husband had said, like, it's for the cosmetology industry. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, but Cosmo. And he's like, Cosmo Glow. It's That's it. It's it's a light. It glows. And it's in the cosmetology <laughs> world. And so it became Cosmo Glow. And it literally was as soon as it hit, I said, oh my God, that's it. So we looked and that's saw it. if anything was trademarked. The website was available. The Instagram handles were available. And from there, that was it. And you mentioned you 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 had... Actually, I was going to ask you, why did you decide to produce it in the US? But you kind of already answered that. Uh, but you ended up still having um, some issues with people trying to effectively steal your product and produce the same thing in, in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to happen when you have a good product. People want it. It was in our first month of production that people said, "Uh, Hey, we want this in Europe. And I said, I will be there. It's just going to take time. I can't do all of this at once. But as soon as I'm there, I'll let you know. And that person had said, Well, that's not soon enough for me. There's no reason that we can't have this. Europe needs this light. Our technicians need this light. And so if you're not going to bring it here, then I'll make it. And I had already had patents filed in European Union. So I said, No, no, no. I, I have the patent. I will get there eventually. Please just wait for me. And she said, no, I'm going to make it. And so she did. And with that, I was able to take that conversation. The the lights were almost identical. And we were able to go through a full patent suit of infringement and win with a settlement. She had to pull down her website. She can no longer sell those lights. There's a massive fee for each light she sells after this. And it was a big win for us. But on top of it being a big win, it was really just kind of a nice feeling that you invest so much in these patents. I mean, we have patents, copyrights, trademarks, everything. And it it, it costs a lot of money. And so mm. it was nice to get a win under your belt, knowing not only is your product amazing and the whole world wants it, but two, mm. you protected it and you won. And from there, we've been able to kind of just use that as leverage to say, I, you guys are trying to make a product that's similar to mine and it's my idea and we're willing to protect it. And I think that's something I would like to highlight for, for our audience. I've had interviews with um, attorneys that work with trademarks, um, 
and patents. And, and it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs miss where they kind of leave it out. I'll deal with that later. And I'll deal with this legal later and whatever later. And it's really a compliment to you that you thought about it. And I think you probably had that feeling that you are onto something to think about those things before you get into production. And like you say, you're not even in Europe yet, but you have thought about protecting your product here. Yeah, it is something people miss. And if you're listening and this is running in your mind, definitely take the moment to stop and do your research of if it's right for you to protect it because you're going to be so thankful you did if you ever have to use it. But Mm. a trademark is super easy to get. It's just protecting your name. A copyright is protecting your images. In the US, it's an extremely easy process. So we have over, I believe, 1,200 copyrighted images. If that ever pops up on a website, I can get that pulled back down because I own those photos. And then the third layer is the patents, which is a little bit more of an investment. And you have to figure out if it's right for you. But I did know early on, just based on how my technicians reacted to the light, how the clients were reacting to the light, I mm-hmm. saw the difference from a ring light to this. It was It changed the game. That I knew it was going to change the game. And I had to protect it. I didn't know how quick it would take off and how many sales we would have right out of the gate that I wasn't prepared for. But also, I knew that it was worth protecting. And so I started that Mm -hmm. conversation early. I mentioned we started prototyping September 2019. Didn't until June of 2020. So there was a lot of time in between that. And that's where I filed all my patents. We got all our drawings. And when you file your patent, you get asked the question, where else do you want to protect yourself? Yes, we'll file Mm -hmm. US. Is there anywhere else? And I thought... Yeah, there is. I would love to be a globally distributed product and name. So let's protect them as many as we can. And it became more protected in the European Union, UK, Australia, and the US. And that's all with the design patent, which is the shape and the look and the overall appearance of the product. I also filed Mm. um, utility, which is the use of your light. So until my product, no one had used a curved lighting in the cosmetic industry as a a lighting device. So my utility patent will cover anybody using that shape for a a light in the beauty industry. And with that, we were able to file US, EU, Australia, UK, Brazil... Uh, China, Japan. We went all over with that one because I had already gotten a taste of what it was like to protect yourself. And I knew we Mm. wanted to protect ourselves. So now we are fully protected. Yay. Uh, I'm going to be waiting for that in Europe. I'm I'm sure like my last technician is going to be waiting for that. I was like, as soon as we saw your website, I was like, I should show her that. (laughs) Yeah, we're... we're We would love to have already been there. My goal is to be there by the end of this year. Um, But early 2023 is the the new goal. You know, there's a lot going on, but we'll get there. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good good kind of problems, I guess, to have. So you have your personal name as a domain name and and sort of as a brand and a different website that's not, like you mentioned, Cosmoglow there and your other activities, but it's a a personal brand. So um, how... I mean, what is your advice to to entrepreneurs and founders on that, on developing their personal brand and how do you manage both? You know, I think it's so important. Again, we talked about things that get missed by entrepreneurs. 
And early on, one of my clients that I did lashes on was a branding expert. And she was a personal branding stylist and a TEDx speaker. And I would be doing her lashes. And as you know, it's a lot of time invested. So you're spending an hour to an hour and a half with that person every two to three weeks. And over a period of a year, you really build a relationship and you really learn a lot. And she would always just tell me, this is what she does, her expertise. And she said, Mary, you have to build your own brand. Like you are not Cosmoglow and Cosmoglow is not you. You are Mary Harcourt and you created Mm. Cosmoglow. And Cosmoglow is a beautiful light created by Mary Harcourt, but they are two separate things. And I thought, oh, I've never actually thought about it like that. And so Mm. I went with it and ran with it. And she was uh, amazing to do my branding shots and really walk me through what a personal brand is. And we did the whole thing. Like, what are my values? What's important to me? And one thing that's very important is like transparency. I'm a very transparent person. What you get is what you see. And I've driven my personal brand to be like that. So when I get to be a speaker on stage, I talk about the real journey of entrepreneurship. I talk about the times that we messed up and I sat in my salon and cried because I was such a failure. But you have to have those moments to understand that you once you get through them, you gain these amazing skills and that's where you succeed. So we knew early on that like branding was going to be a Mary Harcourt brand. And the two are very intertwined. Obviously, when I stand on stage and even talking to you, I bring up Cosmoglow. But it's not my identity. It's something that I have and I've achieved and I've created and protected. But I'm still me. And my story is I've traveled 67 countries. I'm a huge traveler. I grew up kind of on the East Coast, traveled the whole world and thought, I don't want to deal with winter anymore. Moved to California, (laughs) became a beach girl. It's like, that's my identity is I grew up in the beauty industry. I bartended for years. I decided on a whim to open my own salon. That was a rough wake up call. And all of a sudden, I had to learn how to market myself, how to network, how to gain a clientele, how to run a business, how to do cash flow. And from there, then Cosmoglow came about. But it's so important to understand that you have a whole life and an entire story. And that is you. And you are not your business and your business is not you. So as we developed that, we talked about like what colors make you happy? When you wear certain colors, what what makes you the happiest? And I had no clue because if you look at your closet, your closet has so many different colors. But I took it down to five colors. I love, I'm in gray today. I love gray. I love white. I love a dusty rose. I love olive green. And those are my branding colors. And I didn't understand what branding colors were until Mm. you start... If you always wear the same colors that are colors that make you happy, they're your favorite colors. You look good in them. It matches your skin tone. These are your joy colors. When you go and you're on stage or you're out to dinner, all of your colors and all of your pictures now flow nicely on your page and on your Mm -hmm. feed. So no matter where I'm at and a picture is taken, I don't have to worry about, oh God, it's polka dot and it's bright yellow. That's not going to look good on my Instagram. That's not going to look good on my website. (laughs) It's, hey, all of these pictures look great. All of them flow and it's helping your brand look better, helping it look more professional, helping it look more established. And so I took those colors. And from that, we developed, here's Mary Harcourt as a speaker, inventor, app, a traveler, all of that. Here's my branding colors. It's what I use in my website. It's what I use in my PDFs. It's what I use on my Instagram, my social medias. It's what I use in my emails. And then that becomes your brand. So yeah, the two are connected, but they're very separate. Cosmoglow is black, white, and gray. Mary is fun and colorful, as you can see from my back wall. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think so important. And a lot of people miss misuse that they become their company. And mm. the way it was explained to me was so many people become their company that when they sell it, they don't know who they are. And you mm. have to have a backbone of who you are. And you knowing who you are, people will want to be invested in you. They'll want to hear you, you speak. They want to hear what you have to say. And then they're also proud of your accomplishments for this company. But take the company away. You're still you. So don't make the mistake of becoming your company because at the end of it, if you ever go to sell or closes or switches or pivots, you don't ever want to be left with a shell of what used to be. So building Mm. that personal brand is so important that you will always be you and everything that you can add on and your accomplishments and your pride and your companies will be in addition, but you are always you. So that's Mm. how I view personal brand. No, I love that. That's great. And and in a way, it's very... It gives you freedom, I feel, because many people, or at least in my experience, fear that either fear that or don't feel it's important to to um, have that personal brand to to in a way that like I don't want to limit myself to that's you know what I show to the world and that's and the way you actually uh, described it, it's very much the opposite. It, it gives you that freedom to detach yourself from okay, that's the company, that's what the company does. And maybe that's what I do when, you know, I'm in my capacity of the CEO of that company, but me, I'm, I'm something else. Exactly. You know? If I'm out to dinner having a glass of wine and someone snaps my picture, I don't, there's no point in that being in Cosmo Glow. It has nothing to do with Cosmo Glow, mm. but it's me. And then that becomes a picture for me. But if I'm on stage talking about my experiences in manufacturing or launching a company or pivot or personal brand or brand strategy, that's both of us. So I can put that on Cosmo Glow because that is how I got the experience. And I can put it on my personal page because it's me talking about my experience. So sometimes, again, they'll intertwine and you can use the same photos. But in my opinion, I think it's so important that you always stay true to you while you're building these separate brands and companies. And I was going to ask you about, because on your website, it says you traveled 64 countries and you just said 67. So you need to update your website. <laughs> I uh, probably need some updating. My goal is to get to 100. I've had this goal since I was little. Um, my goal is to get to 100. Definitely got slowed down these past couple of years. But every time we go to travel, it's always like, ooh, let me find a place I haven't been. Because of course, Mexico is very easy for all United States people. We can go there and back in a weekend. But I want to go to an island I've never been to. I want to go to an island that people don't really vacation much. Like I want to go to the raw, the real, the like mystical, not really touristy, you know, not set up for being a tourist hub. I want to go to that place. I want to wake up in an Airbnb, see the ocean, walk on the beach, have people stare at me like, what are you doing here? And go to a restaurant and have people ask, how did you even find us? That's what I love. So I love just checking off those boxes and I will get to a hundred. I'm just in a grinding launch phase of running a company right now. What, if you can make that connection, what would you say the fact that you travel to to all those countries, does that have any effect? Does that apply in any way to the way you do business? There's something to be said. So I grew up in a very 
interesting, we can say, household. Uh, my parents were divorced. They were separated. My mom flew for the airlines back before 9-11 where we could all travel for free. And so we were homeschooled so that we could constantly travel. And it was just an interesting situation because school didn't School wasn't real life. We would do school and we were home. And then we would just, if we wanted to go to Germany to go to the zoo, we would go to Germany to go to the zoo because we flew for free. And it was a nice perk for my mom being an airline stewardess. And so at a very young age, I was just introduced to a lot of different cultures. And I think when you start looking at other cultures and other people and other just ways of doing things, it opens your mind up that it's not one way only. And sometimes when we're in our own country, in our own culture, around our own people, even that speak their own language, their own skin color, you can sometimes get stuck thinking that there's this is the way we do things and that's just how we do things. So you do it mm. that way. Where when you break out of that mold and you see, oh my God, there's people in all different shapes and sizes and colors and they speak different languages and they build houses differently and they eat different foods and they paint their houses in different colors. It makes you think like, but what else is out there? Like, I want more. How how many other ways is there to do this? How many other people Mm. are there? How many other types of food is there? How many other colors are out there that we don't see in the daily basis? And when it comes to being an entrepreneur, I think that's such almost an intoxicating trait to have where you question question everything. Instead of being told this is how it's done. Okay, cool. I'll do it that way. We're told this is how it's done. Have you thought if there's a different way? Have you thought about making it a different color? Have you thought about making it a different design? Have you thought about doing it better? Maybe it can be more efficient. Maybe it could be cheaper. Maybe be classier. Maybe it could be more convenient. And I think you just start questioning everything. Where me, I looked at my light going, there's got to be a better way. There's no way like this is This is not the solution. So if there was a solution, what would it look like? How would it act? How would it feel? What would you feel when you use it? What solutions would it offer? And you just start asking those questions to where you get the answer in your head and just say, oh my God, I have the answer. So then you make it happen. Mm -hmm. But I think it's such a very parallel trait to a traveler and an entrepreneur that we want to experience everything. We want to see different ways of how things work. And we're not mm. settled on, you know, there's one way to do anything and one way only. We're, we're on the opposite side of there's multiple ways. So let's try them all. I think that brings me back to you. You said something at the beginning. You said, um, you said a phrase which if you're not using it somewhere in your marketing, you should because it really stuck with me. You said, there's no more lights to try. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. So somebody like who hasn't had that experience of traveling and experiencing different things would have been going, well, there's no more lives to try. That, that's it. You know, that, those are my choices. And you went like, okay, I'm going to make one. Exactly. And, and, you know, traveling to some other countries, I like, as we've mentioned, I like to get off the map. I like, I used to say, if I would disappear, no one would be able to find me because they, that the <laughs> city I went to didn't exist. But when you get to these places, they don't have access to big box stores. They can just go in and buy something off the shelf. And their resourcefulness is incredible. How they use normal household items to turn them into 
other things that do things matching. You can buy an item or they just made it out of water bottles and it works or they made it out of bamboo and it's amazing or they made it out of this. And like seeing that ingenuity and resourcefulness always stuck with me. And I feel like that that's the connecting point between a traveler and a, making a product is you look at things so differently and you know there's a way. You just haven't figured out the way yet. Mm, but if it's made out of exactly. bottles or if it's made out of bamboo, I know I can make it work. How do I make that work? Who is Cosmo Glow's perfect or ideal customer? Honestly, we're exploring and figuring it out more every day. Um, we're just diving into the world of tattoo artists because a hand, oh, an yeah. arm, a leg. The light wraps perfectly around that without any shadows. We just discovered medical estheticians. So now nurse practitioners, people with injectables are using it. I had a surgeon buy one who does hand surgeries and said the, the shadowless light over a hand is actually perfect. I've never been able to experience anything like this. And I thought, okay, well, now oh. we're there. Um, <laughs> we were recently used in a cadaver class for medical students that they share. It's There are four people around a table and before they would always have to fight with lights and shadows and ours gave it perfect coverage. Traditionally, we're in a lash world, which has rippled into beauty, facials, esthetician, brow artists, the microbladers, the permanent makeup artists, the tattooers, all of that. But I mean, whoever is giving a service to a client that needs good lighting, we now feel like that's our target audience. You have yeah, a lot of work in front of you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was going to be one of my next questions. What is next? What What do you have lined up for, for this coming year? Apart from we're waiting for you in Europe sometime early 2023. Yeah, it's been a fun ride. It's really been an enjoyable process. I love my salon. I love my clients. I love my staff. But this offers something so different. Being able to go see people, meet people, go to trade shows speak as guests on podcasts, speak on speakers and encourage other people if they have an idea to be able to launch it, that I think we're going to double down on growing my personal brand and really helping people through the process of if you have an idea and you truly believe in it, then you have to make it happen. And so many people get scared to start. They don't know where to start. They don't know how to start. They don't know how much money they need. And that's fine. But there's a process of getting you through that. Go through the end zone. Just start small. Just start today. Start where you're at. You don't need to have a million dollars. I didn't. You don't need to have it all figured out. I didn't. And I would love to create some type of course or help people through the process of launching their products on top of Cosmo Glow going global. And we'd love to come out with some new more to a salon service and possibly a hair and anything like that. We're really open to product development. Yeah, that was something I was going to ask you. What is, and you kind of answered it. What what would your advice be to people launching a product? And especially that you actually launched the physical product. You know, it's one thing when you're contemplating, can I do this? Can I do that? And it's something that's a digital product, which doesn't require that much investment and that much research and et cetera. And you actually launched the physical product. So, So, yeah, what would your advice be to somebody like sitting thinking about, can I do that? You can do it. Just do it. (laughs) And just start wherever you are with whatever you have and don't ever feel like it's not enough. 
Because if you have something inside you that says you need to get this out, then you already know that it's valuable. You already know that if you were a younger version of you, you wish you would have had the knowledge that you have now. So others are looking for that knowledge. Others are looking for that help, that direction, that path, that light at the end of the tunnel. And so it's really easy to doubt yourself but you have to understand if you were looking at you a year ago, two years ago, four years ago, six months ago, you would be so thankful that you found someone that was willing to help you. So remember how mm-hmm. thankful these people are that they're going to be finding your course, coming into your salon, using your product. And that should be enough of a driving factor to make sure that you commit to it and just get a little bit of forward progress every week in making it happen. And it doesn't have to be at a crazy scale. You don't have to do a million units. You don't have to open 10 salons. You don't have to sell 1,000 courses. It can just be start where you are. And eventually, you're going to figure it out. And you're going to fine-tune it. You're going to perfect it. But that's all part of the journey. Right now, just focus on doing it, starting, getting there. I love that. I, I've never thought about it that way. Because you know, people oftentimes say, what would you say to your younger self? Da-da-da-da-da. The way you framed it there, where... you know thinking about your younger self or yourself even a couple of months down the line, you know, in the past and how many people are in that position because we don't think about that often. That's a great, great logic to have. Yeah. I mean, it's really true and it kind of helps remove the doubt is Mm. you're thinking about all the doubt that you have, but think about all of the value you're offering. Think about how much help you help someone else or how much you wish you had it. And that usually helps take the fear away and gives you that mo- that motion to just make it happen. Go do it. Great. I don't have any more questions, but I, I, like I have one that's almost... Well, I, I looked at your Instagram and I saw there's a pig there. Is that your pig? What? Your pet pig? <laughs> I have pigs. I have 11 pigs. <laughs> really? Three, oh my God. Yeah. Three <laughs> of them live outside and they just had piglets. So seven piglets. Oh. And then one of them live in the house with us and he's going to be our house pig. Um, but he's oh super cute and adorable <laughs> and they're the best pets. I never knew they were. Everyone always told me, but oh, they're amazing. They just are always in a good oh. mood and so happy and they wag their tail like a little dog. Like when they're really? happy and you talk to them, yeah, their tails wag. <laughs> and they are snuggly and they just love being bundled up in little blankets on your lap. And they're so cute. I love them so much. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love that. It reminded me, my aunt, um, she actually, she, she loves animals and, and she always like ended up being the one who, you know, somebody didn't want that dog or that kitten or whatever. She like everything would end up in her house. And that's how she got a pig once. Um, and the idea was because, I mean, it was from people who meant actually to eat it and whatever happened, they ended up giving it to her. So her husband thought it's in a, we're talking about a village in Ukraine. Okay. So they were going to keep the pig and eat it eventually, but it, it, it actually ended up acting as a dog and, and just stayed with the family like that. And it used to follow her to the bus stop. Oh. To in the morning when she leave for work, and then he knew the hour when she returns, and she he would wait for her on the bus stop <laughs> at the bus stop They're when so she returned smart. from work. It's crazy. Like I think before that, I never thought about pigs in that way, but like really, it, it was as a dog. And there, are like I don't want to offend dogs, but I, I think it could be even smarter than a dog. 
or some dogs. Sure. Yeah, they're totally different. You know, I have two dogs and I love them so much, but they're just, it's just a different animal and they all have so much personality. So mine, I usually have him here. I put him away, but he'll usually hang out in my lap. <laughs> and when he gets tired of hanging out, I'll put him down and he'll just travel through the whole place and go back to his little den. And then when he's tired of being in his den, he'll come and hang out again. And he just has the run of the house and it's so cute. All right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm in town on the third floor, so I'm not sure I can get a pig here, but well, keep dreaming. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. It, uh, it's been absolutely great talking to you. Thank you again for making the time. Um, and yeah, good luck with everything. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to talk and hopefully um, a lot of people get encouraged out of this. You know, listen to mm. that advice, your younger self, listen to just get started and take me, for example, I don't come from a manufacturing background. I don't come, I've never went to college. If I can do this, anyone can, and we all should. Yep. I absolutely agree with that. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.